Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bannett. You're listening to the Daily Halacha Machshava Kabbalah podcast, where we explore different halachos and try to dig underneath to get past the just just do this, just do that superficial level of perspective, which is so easy to teach, so easy to talk about uh, what to do, but the underlying mechanics of what it is and why we do it and how it works, and not just not just why we do it, like you know, give me like a reason, because the whole idea of halacha is these are things that we're supposed to do in order to bring ourselves into alignment with Hashem. We might not always understand the why, and so therefore the idea that you should do it even when you don't understand it is certainly true. It's a, Halacha is something which we live in a committed relationship with. We are committed to doing it. We are committed to living a life that expresses Hashem's truth in the world. But at the same time, to understand the, all this, the entire stack of how that, how these actions actually do that, and what they mean, and what is the significance of them, and what is the underlying Torah framework that they all represent and embody, that is not only something which we would maybe want to know because it makes it easier to do to actually fulfill halachos, although that's certainly true, and for some people it's very helpful to understand those things, but it's also because that is actually what Torah is. Torah is a, is a world of knowledge that halacha is just the 5% external shell of the Torah. The Torah is a world of understanding. It's a whole perspective, a whole worldview of how things work, who we are, what we're here to do, why we're here. Every single giant human issue of today that unfortunately, the more books I read, uh, I keep encountering these these quotes of the ancients discuss this and that and they didn't know the answers and it's inevitably they're quoting people like Plato and Aristotle and whoever in, in secular books. And it's almost, uh, it's a little sad because they're like, we have so much literature on the most complex and profound and deep issues of, 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 of existence that are true today, that have been true for thousands of years, that have been, you know, things that have worked so well and have clearly reflected truth of, of the human condition. And, it's, you know, for, for, for better or for worse, for some reason, which I think there's a, a bunch of reasons, um, the, the this massive body of writing is ignored. And you think about it, like we have had, we are called the people of the book because we've had exhaustive writings, exhaustive amounts of writing for thousands of years, uh, by far the most consistently linked, integrated body of literature, I think, in history, because you're talking about thousands and thousands of people that are all, all uh, write, writing about these things, learning about them, exploring them, and discussing this with each other, not only within their own time period, but over time. In other words, there are writers from today who are, who are exploring writings from 1,000, 2,000 years ago, and the, the writings from 2,000 years ago were written for the writers of today as well as the writers of that time. So you have this very, very multi-layered conversation going on here between all these people, thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people throughout all these, these literally millennia exploring these big issues uh, with a massive framework of knowledge. And so that's why we're learning this, because it's Torah, and Torah is a way of living, a way of seeing the world. And so the halacha itself is just the what to do. But everything else, the picture underneath, again, using the same analogy we've used before, how to actually practically express your love is a great thing to learn. But to actually learn how, like, what love is, how love works, how to build love, and, and you know, how to not let love disappear, that is a world of thought and a world of understanding that it, it needs to be explored far more than just a list of things to do. And so here, that's what we're exploring. We're exploring the halacha, the things to do, and understanding the underlying mechanics of how they work and what they're for. And in this particular episode, we are now up to uh, Siman Gimel. And Siman Gimel, in Shulchan Aruch, we're exploring the Shulchan Aruch, this is Shulchan Aruch, the compendium of halacha of, of Rav Yosef Karo, um, which is the, the seminal work, the, the, the backbone of all of halachic uh, practice. And so in Siman Gimel, so uh, the topic is 
Hanhagas base hakise, which means the way to behave inside of the bathroom. Now, this whole siman is 17 little, 17 sections, 17 paragraphs, and we're actually not going to really learn any of them, um, meaning not because we're skipping them or anything, but because I just want to access the meta theme here. There's a lot of specific details, and some of them have to do with the way bathrooms used to work back before we had toilet paper, back before we had actual plumbing in different, you know, in, in, or in every setting. You know, today, most of the time, at least in modern countries, people are not going to the bathroom in the fields, although there are places in the world, plenty of them, where people do, do still do that. Um, but at least in people who are listening to podcasts usually also have plumbing. So um, we're not going to go into some of those details, but we are going to discuss briefly just um, the underlying mechanics of the entire world of the bathroom and, and sort of like what's associated with that. And that's what, what you'll find in these halachos if you learn through them, which I recommend doing, um, is you'll find a discussion of the body, a discussion of how of how when somebody goes is going to the bathroom, there are certain types of um, approaches, perspectives you're supposed to really have. Um, a person should not be, again, the same way we discussed in the previous episodes, you're not supposed to be very cavalier about your body, about the, the bat, the, the, in other words, just like we discussed, you shouldn't walk around naked without having some kind of awareness that Hashem's presence fills the earth, and you shouldn't then, you know, have, like, try to block that out by having an extensive body orientation or body consciousness kind of rising up inside of you. You want to maintain the balance of body consciousness with uh, self-consciousness, with soul consciousness. So you want to always ha- try to maintain some level of balance there. Same thing is true with the bathroom example, and that's because the issue with the, the bathroom things is that they are easily uh, generating of a body orientation, simply because that's also, I think, one of the reasons why psychologically many of us struggle. Um, people feel ashamed. They want to kind of, they have to, they kind of want to hide. They have to go to the bathroom there. They don't want to. People don't like public bathrooms for that reason because it should be something which we don't. We don't. People shouldn't know that we go, that I go to the bathroom. Some people, some many of us struggle with these feelings because there is this sense uh, intrinsically that somehow our bodily phenomena sort of take away and diminish. The, that which we are, and we, we, we intuit that. That's actually not a new feeling. That's actually a very old feeling. And it started in the story of the Garden of Eden, after they, they ate from the Eitz Adas in that story. So what happened was, it says that, um, that the, the way that Adam describes it is that he ate from the tree, and then he, right, he says, Va'ira, I suddenly had this very intense, like a kind of a fear almost. Ki um, I realized that I was naked. And so I went and I hid. And, you know, often in Christian language, this is like described as, as the concept of shame, that he was, he was ashamed because he was naked. But what actually happened in that story, uh, I want to move away from that Christian language and try to articulate that a little more clearly, is that um, after this, the Eitz Adas was, after the fruit was consumed, so it led to this problem where now, as I've mentioned in other episodes, we have this tendency to uh, evaluate the world through our particular preferences. And one of our preferences, a very profound one, is the 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 sense of our bodily existence. In other words, our bodily existence is constantly there. We, we're constantly thinking about our bodies. Um, we're constantly taking care of our bodies. I mean, think about most of your life is really about that. Your job is about feeding your body. You're, you know, you're showering, you're eating, like you're constantly, thinking, oh, what, are, what am I eating today? Like, you know, what am I, like a sexual activity? Like, oh, people are constantly chasing after sexual experiences. That is all the body um, and, and its, it, it, and its, its uh, urges and its pressures and its imprints. All of that is constantly, you know, shouting up inside of our consciousness. And 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 interfering with our with our with our awareness of ourselves. In other words, it it takes it can easily take over your sense of self. And so what what was going on there and what goes on today? If you walk around outside naked, the reason why you might feel 
uh, yira, you might feel uh, overwhelming, an, over, an, overwhelming, an overwhelming feeling of exposure, and, and it's embarrassing. The reason why is because you sense that you are being, in a certain way, du duplicitous. When you walk around naked in front of other people in a way that is just outside, exposing yourself, so what's happening is they are now perceiving you in a body way, and you are perceiving yourself in a body way through your awareness that they're perceiving you in that way, and also for your own self, and you sense that a part of you is now being hidden and blocked out, and that you're almost like overemphasizing something about yourself, which is now distorting how you experience yourself and how others experience you. And that that that's it's not something which you're you're not thinking all those thoughts in your head when you're when you're when you're doing that. It's an experience. It's a phenomenon that you that you experience automatically because the body is so loud that when you actually do that. It's an automatic response. You just sense that you are now like you, f you feel off. You feel like you're like like something's wrong. Something's bad. This shouldn't be happening, and that's that's a feeling which never really goes away. Uh, even if you are part of a nudist colony, so even then it's kind of like the the uh, excitement is oh now I can I can do this and and that feeling is like it's it's it can't win. It's you know it's it's now something which I can say it's it doesn't matter. I don't care about that feeling, but that feeling is always there in some form. And even if you try to deaden your awareness of it by overexposing yourself to it again and again, uh, it's still it's not something which really disappears. Um, and so what what's happening with all these halachos? What you see very in a very interesting thing in, in the Torah approach is that the Torah basically says, well, that's all a distortion. In other words, the truth of you is your body's a vessel. It has utility. It has functions, and and you need it to stay alive. And and so you need to. In fact, bodies before the Eitzadah story were actually very different. They were much more uh, uh, augmented and much more powerful. And now our bodies are unfortunately much weaker. And so they need to constantly be replenished, regenerated. And they also, the way that they reproduce is also much more clumsy now. And Hashem has, you know, uh, in, in installed these different urges inside of our bodies now to make sure that our bodies can, can perpetuate. We have to constantly make sure to feed them, groom them, we have to protect them from harm, from the elements, from, you know, to high and low temperature extremes, and sexual activity is required in order to reproduce, to maintain the existence of at least our, our body's genetic line in the world, so that, so that we can continue in some form to exist in the Olm Hazet, Eitzadas format until Olm Haba, when immortality kind of comes back and people are resurrected, resurrected, which is in itself its own long story. But the point here of this, you know, this whole this whole bathroom discussion is that the Torah perspective is that you have a body and you should a hundred percent own that, but and which means you should you should live that fully, but also one hundred percent realize that you are actually beyond the body and you are the self that is using that body. And I'll, I'll tell you why I'm saying it that way because the distortion of the Itzadas basically makes it that we oscillate. It's like well. I am my body, now I'm this part, I'm very heavily immersed in my desire for eating now. Oh, I, I, I love that food, I, I only eat that. And we always use this language of like, I like food, I want that, I want sex, I want these things. And these are, the, the I want language is basically a language of I identify myself as my body and its urges. And so that, and then we also, that, that, that point of identification moves, right? Sometimes you think of yourself as wanting food, sometimes you think of yourself as wanting other things, and, and that, that, that you, you know, it constantly shifts. And then, and then if you actually um, lift yourself above your body somewhat and you want things of a higher nature like Torah or even just, you know, basic conceptual things like learning things that are true like math or physics, um, but that are now above the body experience, you're now trying to like be more than just uh, immersed in the animal side of the body. So you can actually um, rise above that in some form. So that's, and that's something which, you know, you're now moving your sense of self to a different place. 
Um, but the Torah perspective of, of this whole thing is actually trying to get rid of those oscillations, that movement from one point to another, where you're like, sometimes you want this, sometimes you want that. So that, that and to basically identify yourself with those wantings, that movement, that moving around is actually a function of the Eitzadas, because it basically, the Eitzadas makes you um, uh, attached to different things, and, and, and you, you just get comfortable with different sensations, and then you want those things, and they, you use them to define yourself. So the Torah approach is actually, it's supposed to be a meta-approach, and I'll just describe what that looks like just right now uh, to sort of uh, uh, show this. And the idea is that we learn about bathroom things. We learn about how to go to the bathroom. We learn about it in a very overt way. In fact, there's many Gemaras about bathroom things. Uh, there's huge swaths of Gemara about sexual activity, exactly how to do these things and, and how they work. And, and we have a lot of legal discussions in the Gemara about sexual things as well because there's a lot of laws about who you're allowed to have sex with and how and when and 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 th these are very complex topics and you have to figure out well what is the definition of sex I mean what what kinds of things are considered that 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 act and and there's you know there's, there's a lot of complexity here and the discussions are not they're they're overt there's plenty of discussions and the idea here is that on the one hand we are a consciousness oriented uh, self we are constantly trying to make sure that we have very uh, ongoing awareness of ourselves as endless selves that are manifest into the world on the other hand we recognize that the landscape that we use that we use to actually manifest our consciousness selves into the world is a physical landscape so we have to actually learn the totality of that whole thing we have to learn the world of consciousness and the world of the bridge between consciousness and the physical landscape and we have to learn the world of the physical landscape all of that in all its totality and so we are, the, the place that we're supposed to be is we're supposed to have all of that. I'm supposed to be 100% all of that all at once. I am an endless self that, is, that, has a, that has a finite body that I use and I am in touch with every part of that. And then when I need to activate a particular part, I can kind of like, let's say I need to now go and eat. I can now kind of put my, my awareness a little bit more into that area so I can now think about that and figure out what to eat and make all the calculations I need to make without losing touch with the totality of the rest of the body and the totality of the rest of the self and actually have my finger on that pulse uh, of all the different aspects of me in like a totality way. And that's what the Torah is supposed to help us do. In other words, we're supposed to actually learn about all of what we are. That's what the Gemara really is. It's an exploration of every aspect of being. And then, and, and when you learn the underlying principles, which is how we're supposed to learn Gemara, we're supposed to learn all these details, then dig deeper underneath to get to the what's called the Yisodos, the underlying foundational principles. And then you can basically have a, an overarching meta-understanding of what the body is, what the self is, what the universe is, what we all are. And then you basically have this, you know, you have this working map of existence. And then whenever you need to stop in some part of that map, when you need to eat, you need to sleep, you're about to have a sexual experience in order to reproduce or whatever. So you can then basically go into that or go to the bathroom. You can now basically like, you can think about that in the context of the larger truth of existence. That's really what all these halachos are about. It's how to go to the bathroom, how to talk about going to the bathroom, how to, you know, how to do these things in a way that does not distort away from the meta map of existence and does not pull you too far into the body side as opposed to the larger balance of the neshama and body uh, totality that you are. So to summarize that, you are not a body and you are also not a neshama. You are a composite reality. Uh, we could say you, the essence, the you, the identity, it, it should be thought of as the neshama. But in terms of the totality of what you experience yourself as, you are a an endless self that is bridged with a physical body. And all discussions of the body itself are 100% allowed, but should not operate in a way 
that actually pull you into the body so intensely that you actually lose clarity on the totality of what you are. So people spend a lot of time, let's say, joking around about physical uh, bodily functions in a way that's very, um, that's just very vulgar or, or overt. So then that could be a real problem. But if you can't joke about bodily functions in some form in a way that is um, balanced and healthy, so then that means that now you're a little bit too far out of your body and you're not accessing your body's, your body's reality enough. And that can also create an imbalance. And so you have to figure out what the right balance is. And, and, and so that's, that's essentially what this is about. It's about feeling comfortable with your body, feeling comfortable with its functions because it's a part of what you are in the world. And so you can actually talk about it and have plenty of discussions about it in any form, but also not doing it in such a way that it pulls your consciousness into your body too far in a way that then starts to distort away from the truth. That's why, again, I, I, wanna, I wanna just like hammer home that last example. Joking around about bodily things, you can always tell what's the, what, the, what the energy is. When someone does it in a way that's too vulgar, you can feel that same kind of like weird feeling that a person would get if they're physically exposing themselves or, or see someone who's physically exposing themselves in public. So if someone is being very vulgar about bodily functions, you'll feel that's there's too much body there. But if but but it does not mean you shouldn't make jokes about the body because that would then be similar to like not being able to talk about the body, uh, the way that the halacha talks about it and the way that we are very comfortable with our bodies and we don't reject the bodily side of ourselves. And so being able to joke about the body, if you can see someone who's joking about it in a healthy way, so that's you know the jokes are are clear in the way that they operate that they. Uh, intend them in a way that that's not bodily distorting that's not creating any sense of a discomfort or that's weird or that's too much body too it's too vulgar and you can usually tell you know you can you can you can you can feel it in some form again these are these are very uh, in in the moment subjective assessments you have to make but that's basically i think uh the underlying perspective here that exists beneath all of these halachos of the bathroom and uh, as we go now further on into the next set, sets of halachos, we're going to see a lot more detail. Obviously, we're going to read more. I just decided that, that reading all these halachos was not really necessary since many of them are not really applicable in terms of the way that we go to the bathroom today. But that's the underlying mechanics of how to think about bathroom body issues and activities. So I hope you enjoyed that. And thanks so much for listening. And looking forward to having you join me in the next episode. <laughs>